Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. So good. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, Day of the Dead. Happy Dia de los Muertos here from Santa Fe. Now talk a little bit more about fight scenes versus sex scenes. Um, something that occurred to me later in the day after talking about the fight scenes on the episode yesterday. Um, and also about Brittany Murphy, if you guys watched that documentary and, um, about notifications, I've got a new phone and I like discovered this, (laughs) not discovered. I mean, it's, it's actually appalling. It is freaking appalling. You guys, the notifications that come embedded on the phone. So I know I've talked about this before about disabling notifications. Uh, and I am, I'm a huge proponent of just disable all the freaking notifications. You guys, um, the only things that I have that give me sound alerts are text messages, Google hangouts messages. Cause that's how a couple of people contact me phone calls. Um, that's it. But this new phone, I mean, I even like went in originally and just like, you know, on the apps, did they turn off notifications on the apps and I'm still getting notifications from random bizarre shit. And it's making me like have to do it on each one. Every time I get a notification, like, Hey, you know, do you want to use Bixby? And I'm like, no, I do not want to fucking use Bixby. Um, it's just unreal. And I think that it's a measure of, of, of being aware of other people trying to drive your behavior that all of these applications, all of these social media companies, um, every one of them, (laughs) they are hugely invested in getting you to get notifications from them because they want to grab your attention. They want you to pay attention to them. And, and that's when you should always be suspicious. It's like, why do they want your attention? Some of the answers obvious, but it's like, if they want your attention so badly, don't give it to them or give it to them on your terms. You know, it's, um, it's one of the first things I tell people when they say that they're having trouble writing or that they can't concentrate. Oh, just turn that fucker off, turn off your phone, but even better, take the time and go through and remove all of those notifications, remove the pop-ups, the light-ups. Uh, I see notifications. If I actually go to the app, like if I go to Instagram and I click on the little heart, then I can see if people have tried to contact me, you know, if they've liked stuff, if they commented, but it's on my terms. See my point. Um, I think that with the growing revelations of the Facebook papers, as people are calling it. Um, and some of the stuff that's come out about Twitter now too, um, that starting in 2016, that if you looked at Twitter on their interface, that they prioritized tweets that had the algorithm prioritized tweets that had angry content or controversial content, uh, you know, and so when we talk about all of the divisiveness and anger starting in 2016, it was 
hugely exasperated by both exasperated. We were exasperated. It was hugely exacerbated by Facebook and Twitter because that's how they get the clicks. Everything is click driven, right? Um, they, they want us to click. They want us to pay attention to them. So they prioritize the content that makes us click like reply. They want that engagement. And the problem is, is it's hugely unethical, right? And it's and arguably destroying uh, a lot of our social interactions. So I feel like this is a small thing we can do is to eliminate those notifications. Uh, I know some people don't want to do it, but um, you, you don't need to know every time you get an email or you don't need to know every time somebody clicks like on your thing. Um, go and look at these things on your terms, check it on your terms. Uh, you know, I've noticed it before with like my mom's phone because that you just have to be hyper vigilant because you know, I'll see her every few months and her phone will be dinging away and I'll be like, what's that notification? She's like, I don't know. I can't make it stop. So, I mean, at least it's getting to this point where it's not eliciting her attention because there's so freaking much of it, but you know, I'll go in and clean it up and turn off all these notifications and these apps turn them back on again, you know, like when they reset or like when you get a new phone like this, I, I cannot believe the notifications. Um, this morning I had to look up on the, I use Chrome and I have my homepage be Google because I just typically use Google. They're making me not want to use them, but they had the trending searches on there and I don't want to see the trending searches. I don't fucking care about the trending searches. Um, you know, it's another way for them to grab our attention, right? You know, Oh, go look at this thing that it didn't occur to you until this moment to look at, right? It's like, I don't care what other people are trending, you know, looking at, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like supposed to be news, but it's not. So I was looking up, how do I, I tried the setting several different ways. And I, so finally Googled or looked at the help, you know, how do I remove this? And it turns out you had to, there's like no way to actually do it unless you uncheck English as your default language in the Google search. Fortunately, I found one that's like Elmer Fudd. So we'll we'll see what that does. But if you do that, if you take off English, it'll, the trending searches vanish. And it's like, why do we have to do these workarounds? Because they, they want to control our attention. And every time you weigh whether or not, if you think, well, is it so bad? Just picture Zuckerberg's pasty pointy face as he's talking about like Facebook meta, the metaverse. I mean, no, really just no. And red. Um, I'm picking my topics, Brittany Murphy, uh, really interesting documentary on HBO. And I think you can get elsewhere too. called what happened, Brittany Murphy. I remember being very shocked when Brittany Murphy was found dead. Uh, I really liked her as an actress all along. Um, and particularly my mom and I love to watch uptown girls. We watched it together a couple of times and she was so thin in that. I sound like my grandmother. She looked so thin, but she was, 
and uh, you know she'd just grown increasingly anorexic and the documentary is fascinating to watch um, some of the critiques on like IMB, I, IMDB and such complain about the use of the vloggers and like who cares what they think but I think it I I thought it was an interesting choice I'm not sure it um, added to it but I didn't think it detracted and it certainly gave the sense of like a Greek chorus and the paparazzi and the um, attention seeking again crowds all around her um, and a lot of things I didn't know I didn't know about this guy that she'd married and how pretty awful it sounds like he was and um, it was interesting it was interesting to watch um, one of the most striking moments to me and the documentary didn't highlight it and I don't know if they deliberately um, like if they if they didn't see it the way I saw it or if it was a deliberate kind of I'm just going to leave this here and let you guys see it but there's a point at which the awful husband uh, brings the documentarian into their house um, and for a while he it was like he thought that because he's I don't know I, you know we use narcissistic personalities so uh, frequently these days but I mean he was very um, self aggrandizing and so you know he is like doing this whole thing kind of preeningly you know come and do a tour of the house you know and have it be all about me and he even took the uh, gal into the bathroom where Brittany Murphy was found dead you know it, uh, if you don't know she was just like um, 32 years old and they said she died of pneumonia collapsed in the shower and um, the you know he's saying like here's where it happened and everything but the extraordinary thing to me and the documentary makes no comment on it is um, how what's the word I want um, awful the bathroom looks I mean it's not not that it's not clean but that I mean it's just it looks like a hoarders bathroom um, there is just shit piled everywhere you know all of these cosmetics and all this stuff you know and I think at least for me when I picture a celebrity's home and it's a big big beautiful house right you know million dollars millions of dollars house um, and when I picture that kind of thing I always think of I don't know maybe I'm too influenced by you know the the style shows and that sort of thing but I always picture it looking you know spacious and beautiful and kept up because obviously you can hire help um, I don't think they did that was part of it is she was really isolated by him uh, their, her mother lived with them too but uh, I don't know maybe maybe it wasn't clean um, but I mean there was just so much shit everywhere and it was like maybe it's a sign of someone who's doing drugs which she was and um, you know depressed and exhausted which she was but um, it was so striking to me and it was like I don't know I I wanted better for her than that isn't that funny you know these connections that we make to people we don't know all right so the other thing I'm thinking about with fight scenes and sex scenes it occurred to me later in the day as these things sometimes do why 
uh, people sometimes say that sex scenes are writing sex scenes are just like fight scenes or that writing them is the same. Um, and I was yesterday I was dwelling on the physical choreography that maybe that's why people think that. But today something else occurred to me or today yesterday um, that I think one reason that people say that is because they regard those scenes as being present in the story for titillation. And the and I think this is where it really breaks down for me because like I was talking about yesterday I'm not someone who finds violence interesting. I don't find violence exciting. Um, you know Jennifer Eastep and I argue about this from time to time argue in a friendly way because she loves writing the fight scenes but she also loves watching football and you know which I'm like um no and she loves um action movies and she loves so she loves those kinds of sequences and I don't but I think what a lot of people feel like in reading and writing these fight scenes battle scenes these action sequences is that it's there for like the adrenaline rush it's there to go boom, 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 and make it exciting and heighten emotions and all of that which I can see that that's um, you know if you're reading for entertainment which most of us do what that's a whole nother rant that you you want that heart pounding action right. Um, you know and I see readers complain sometimes uh, you know they complain about my books they're like oh well not much you know there wasn't much action and it's like well you know that that's probably not going to be my book go read Jennifer Easton <laughs> and people love her books for that. But I think that that is where a lot of people are drawing this correlation between the fight scenes and the sex scenes is that people regard the sex scenes as being there for titillation and and that's an interesting thing isn't it because I I love reading and writing the sex scenes is it because of the titillation I mean definitely I enjoy the um the <laughs> you know I I do I like the um the central excitement of it and I enjoy um I enjoy everything about that in a way that I do not enjoy violence. And I think not everybody feels that same way. Um, I have like a hair hanging in my eye today. Can you see it? <laughs> um, but I think that that's probably a kind of backwards way of of going about of approaching writing a scene. Like maybe that's you know yesterday I talked about the layering the layering techniques. And I think that's one way to get at it. Um, you know it's like if you want your scenes your action scenes or your sex scenes to be more titillating to be uh, create a more heightened physical and emotional reaction in your reader then you could go back and layer in those things that um, make it more heart pounding. But I think that's why for me they're so profoundly different in that when I'm writing a sex scene I'm not thinking about it being titillating. I am thinking about it being an emotional exchange between the characters which in a way fight scenes you know like I talked about extensively yesterday or not. So that was just a um, an additional thought on there and I'm going to keep exploring that thought.
Yeah. So, um, novella is coming along pretty well. Uh, it's wanting to be a longer story. You guys, I don't normally run into this with novellas, but this is like the first time I think, is it? I'm thinking, I think this is the first time I've written a novella that is with brand new characters and not already established characters. So let me think. Um, dragons of summer was Ursula and Harlan. Uh, what did I do? Oh, well, last year in under a winter sky, I did the novella, the long night of the crystalline moon. And that was new characters. Um, Ryan Lena, but that was kicking off the series. So I knew I was going to have time to come back around to them. Um, but before that, um, snows of Windroven, Amy and Ash. Yeah. So I think, I think that's part of it. Um, that this particular tale, um, I'm trying to tell a whole story about two brand new characters and I'm tending to write it like, you know, I'm get, I'm shooting for about 25,000 words, which is the typical length of my act one in a novel. And I'm kind of writing this novel like it's act one of a novel and I need to stop doing that. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to have to go back and, and tighten considerably because I'm at something like 16,000 words and there's still quite a bit to develop, but, but I can do that. I think there's a lot I can cut from the beginning as I've mentioned numerous times, because I was sort of writing my way into it. It'll be interesting to go back through and see how much I chop out. But it's kind of funny because I know that the front it's so front loaded with um, stuff that I'm almost certain I'm going to be cutting that I'm not quite sure where my word counts are landing on the beats. But it's a different process for me on this one, but I'm just going to, um, I think, finish it out and then see where I'm at and go back. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, I, I messaged Grace telling her I felt like I was pulling a Grace Draven because she, uh, she always goes long <laughs> and I rarely do, but this time I, it looks like I'm going to. Speaking of which, um, Grace's, uh, flagship book radiance is on sale for a dollar 99 right now. I'll put a link in the show notes, but, um, hugely popular. It's, it's her, yeah, well, flagship book. It, it's her book that, uh, really launched her and, um, continues to make all kinds of money for her. And people love, love, love radiance. Uh, it's a, a wonderful enemies enemies to friends to lovers they're, they're really um never actual enemies in the story but their races are enemies so it's um it's a it's a wonderful book and uh, i see she's closing in on four thousand reviews on amazon so go grace and she's very happy with the current ranking so if you have not bought radiance yet absolutely go buy it uh available on kindle for a dollar 99 and on that note, I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Honor the ancestors. Bye-bye.